This is Cardinal Francis George. I invite you to join me for the next few minutes to reflect with Father Robert Barron on the Word of God, which is the Word on Fire. Word on Fire Catholic Ministries is a nonprofit ministry at the forefront of Catholic evangelization, using new media to spread the faith on every continent. Father Barron challenges us to open our hearts to the Word on Fire, which is God's Word of love for each of us. If our hearts are open, the Lord can change and transform us so that we might speak with love about the one who is love. The global benefactors of Word on Fire, with the support of the Archdiocese of Chicago, now present Word on Fire. Peace be with you. Friends, we commence Ordinary Time. This is the second Sunday of Ordinary Time. Last week, the baptism of the Lord is the real beginning of this period, but now it's the first weekend where we turn to these more ordinary readings after the Christmas season. I want to focus on our second reading, which is the very beginning of Paul's first letter to the Corinthians. There's something now in Paul's address that sums up in a very simple way what the Christian life is about. The simple words we hear in the reading follow the rather conventional form of epistolary salutation in the ancient world. This is the way people would address letters to people. But if we pay attention to them, we uncover, I think, extraordinary richness. He commences by identifying himself by name, Paul. Of course, we know he was born Shaul, Saul. After his conversion, he becomes Paul. Now, he's taking a more Roman-sounding name, maybe to make his way more readily in the Roman world. There might be a pragmatic reason, but this is in line, as you know, with a very ancient biblical approach that after people encounter the Lord and they find their vocation, they become someone different. Hans Urs von Balthasar, the great theologian, said, you don't know who you are until you find your vocation from God. It's telling, isn't it? Before that, you've got some identity, but it's not your true identity. You know who you are in the full sense when you've been called by God. That's why Shaul becomes Paul. Then he specifies who he is. Listen. Called to be an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God. Notice first how he puts himself in the passive voice. He is called by a power beyond him. He's summoned by someone else. So much of modernity, and indeed so much of of the classical thought world, is predicated upon the primacy of the active voice. It's my life, my projects, my decisions. Don't tell me what to do. Don't tread on me. Or go back to the ancient world. Think of a good Aristotelian gentleman who is setting his moral program. He's very much in the active voice. But what all this does is it locks us into the narrow space of the ego drama. My drama that I'm writing, I'm producing, I'm directing, and above all, I'm starring in. But your life, thank God, is not about you. My life isn't about me. It's about a power that stretches infinitely beyond us. We are part of God's great theodrama, which he's 
producing, he's writing, he's directing. How wonderful when we feel called, identified by that power. How wonderful, by the way, that we baptize babies in the Catholic Church. We kept that ancient practice of baptizing little infant children, not waiting until someone's at the age of reason. What are we communicating thereby to everyone around them? The fact that these children are from the beginning claimed by somebody else. They're set in the wider context of Christ's desire for them. We signal right from the beginning that their lives are not about them. You might say that all our lives long, we live out the implications of this baptism. Listening to a voice infinitely higher, more interesting than the little voices inside our own heads. We are called. We are in the passive voice. More precisely, Paul tells us he's called to be an apostle of Jesus Christ. Apostle. Apostelain in Greek. It means to send. An apostle is someone who's been sent like a letter. He's been posted. Paul's basic job, he knows, his whole identity is connected to it, is to carry the word about Jesus to the world. Every Christian, every baptized person has that same identity. Every Christian life is something like seed. By our faith, our hope, our love, our commitment to the world, our passion for justice, our fascination with God, we carry Christ to the wider world. We've been sent. Well, having introduced himself, Paul then indicates whom he is addressing. He says, the church of God that is in Corinth. You know, Corinth in Paul's time was a rough town. It was near the water on that narrow isthmus that connects the western and eastern parts of southern Greece. It was a crossroad. It was a center of trade, a place where lots of travelers and sailors and so on came. Lots of ideas, lots of practices, lots of different religions. And it was famously corrupt filled with sexual promiscuity. People live in the high life, the fast life. Well, Paul's addressing precisely this community, the Christians who are gathered in Corinth. He refers to them as an ecclesia. That's the word for church. Derived from two words, ek and kaleo, meaning to call out of. The church, ecclesiastical, ecclesial, comes from that word, ecclesia. The church is that society which has been called out from something. So it's fair to ask, who does the calling? What have they been called out of? And what have they been called into? Well, the caller of this ecclesia is none other than Christ. 
the same one who called Paul himself. You see what he's communicating here. All of you in the Corinthian ecclesia have been called the same way I have. You've been summoned. You've been placed in the passive voice. Your lives are not about you. All that's entailed here. What have they been called out of? Well, Paul might have said, look around. You've been called out of violence, self-indulgence, irresponsibility, sexual license. In a word, what the Bible typically calls the world. And again, how apparent that must have been in this sort of wild and woolly, corrupt, licentious society of Corinth. You've been called out from that. You are people set apart. Same idea. That's what the word holy in in the Jewish context means. It means to be set apart. And what have you been called into? You've been called into the liveliness and vibrancy and spirituality of the Christian community. Paul's got a word for this. Again, I'm quoting right from the beginning of his letter. You who have been sanctified in Christ Jesus. There it is. There's the Jewish influence. To be sanctified is to be made holy, to be set apart. All of you listening to me right now who are members of the Christian ecclesia, who've been called by Christ out of the world and into something different, you're called to think differently, to act differently, to move differently, to react differently. Why now? Why? Why? Because you're called to think, act, move, and react according to love. See, that's what Christ is. That's who God is. When you're called by love out of a world of self-absorption, out of a world of irresponsibility, licentiousness, and you're called into a place of love. Love is the purpose. Love is the raison d'etre. Love is everything in the ecclesia. How wonderful that we have that witness from the very early church, from an outsider, looking in and saying, how these Christians love one another. That's it. That's ecclesiastical life. And then, Paul, I'm still within that little framework now, the beginning of his first letter to the Corinthians. Just a few lines here, but there's so much richness. Paul then, even in these early days, this letter is written maybe in the early 50s of the first century. He signals the universality of this ecclesia. Listen. With all those everywhere who call upon the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, their Lord and ours. That's terrific. All those everywhere. And Paul's again writing just a few decades after Jesus' resurrection. He had no idea what the Christian ecclesia would become, this world-spanning mystical body. But anyone whom Jesus has called out of the world into his new community is brother and sister to us. Can I suggest in this year 2011, this has very special significance because we know so many of our brothers and sisters in the ecclesia are under attack. We had that dreadful attack in Iraq 
most recently in Egypt. These are all our brothers and sisters called into this new community. Finally, what does Paul wish for this ecclesia? Listen, grace to you and peace from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Those words, by the way, should be somewhat familiar, for they constitute the liturgical greeting that priests customarily use at Mass. He addresses you with them, just as Paul addressed the Corinthians. So what does ecclesiastical life give? Grace. Grace. Christians are those who know in their bones that everything they have is a gift. And that the greatest gift, a share in God's own life, has been given by their incorporation into Christ. That's the grace that Paul's offering here to the ecclesia. You've been given the gift of God's own life. And what does this grace offer? Peace. Shalom in Paul's Hebrew. The church is not about success. Often the church is anything but successful. It's not about worldly glamour. Often it's not glamorous at all. Not about sensual pleasure. Not about honor or title. It's not the place where people wield power and great societal influence. It's the place where grace and peace are on offer. The peace that comes from surrendering to God, from responding to God's call. The peace that comes from being a member of this community of love. The peace that deep down everybody wants. Friends, sometime today, take out your Bibles and look at that opening little paragraph of 1 Corinthians where so much of the Christian thing is packed into these lines. And God bless you. I hope you were moved today by the word on fire. I pray that together we might become a people on fire with love for God and neighbor here in Chicago and wherever these words are heard. Until we join Father Barron again next week, I'm Cardinal Francis George, and I pray that God will bless you and those you love. Father Robert Barron is combating the crisis of faith in our culture. Father Barron's expanded website can deepen your faith, give you new insights into scriptures, and help you become a better Christian. Go to wordonfire.org and tap into Father Barron's compelling videos, sermons, articles, and much more. Wordonfire.org. Connect with one of the Catholic Church's best messengers. Every day, everywhere.